Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor to have you here. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much. We have episodes every Monday and Friday where we get to speak with incredible people around the world who are helping you become your best self. And if you're a regular, thank you for your dedication and thank you for your support. Rise Up For You is here to serve you and to help you become your best self through speaking with experts, authors, and amazing individuals throughout the world who have a message to share. We are bringing you empowerment, inspiration, and strategies that you can instantly implement in your professional and your personal life. So research shows that the happiest countries in the world, the happiest people in the world are the ones that make the time to nurture the six pillars of life, relationships, money, self-worth, career, love, and health. When we feel great within us as the whole human being, then we can create the positive change around us. And that is what we are here to do and spread. Today, it is my pleasure to bring on the show Dr. Saida. So what really is desire? This fundamental human element has a bad reputation, yet we still see it as an edgy subject today. So Dr. Saida, she shines light on the fundamental yearnings of being human and offers inspiration on how to listen to the hidden truth of our desires. She wants to live in a world filled with audaciousness, sexually sovereign women living life on their own terms. And as a thought leader and body philosopher, she has authored The Emergence of the Sensual Woman and Desired and has had her innovative method featured in Dr. Christine Northrup's best-selling books, Women's Wisdom, Women's Bodies, and The Secret Pleasures of Menopause, as well as other books throughout the world. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Saida, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such an honor to have you here with us. Thank you so much, Nate. I'm so excited to be here and Rise Up For You is an incredible platform and it's actually a really powerful match to some of the messages that I've had. So I'm excited to explore with you. Thank you. So go ahead and tell us about yourself and all the great work that you're doing in your own words. We always love the audience to kind of to know more about our guests and all the great work that they're doing. Thank you. Well, first, I just want to start off with um, just that I'm a quirky person. I travel a lot, so I'm one of those yes magic people. <laughs> so I'm always moving. We spent the summer in Portugal. We're moving around. What I love about that is cultural diversity. I'm always being able to uh, expand how I view the world and people and their situations. And my work is really dedicated to empowering women around their bodies, their sexuality, their sensuality. I'm a researcher, so I've developed a very powerful method. It's a psychosexual method um, that is now currently being taught to MDs and other um, professionals that work directly with women around women's health issues. So I'm very busy with that. And my latest passion has been my newest book, 
called Desire, and I'm quite excited to share about that. Okay, so tell us a little bit more. We always like to talk, Saida, about the journey of somebody, you know, because... Um, everything is a process. And I think sometimes with everything that's going on in social media, we think that people that are doing great work and that have achieved success, they do it overnight. So I always like to ask, you know, what was the process and the journey of, you know, how you got to where you are today? What does that look like? How did you know what you wanted to do? How did you step into this current industry? It's a great question. My, my, the beginning of my story is a little rough, so I just want to warn the audience, but I think it's actually really relative to the current conversation in our, um, in the climate that we're in right now. And so what happened with me a couple of decades ago is I was, I experienced a violent rape that led to being told I had two weeks to live. And so what that did is it shocked me. It shocked me into choosing life, which is a very important part of the journey. And then it set me on this path of how do I heal thoroughly? I don't want to be partially healed and always sort of angry at men or unable to enjoy my body, unable to have a relationship. I wanted a very thorough healing. And that research, that self-healing journey eventually led to my community where I was living. Women kept saying, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to learn. Mm. And eventually there was a group of about 15 women and we got together to be really honest with you. I had no idea what I was going to teach them. Because it had been such a deep journey on my own and I wasn't really prepared. Uh, so that first group was an experiential group. But as soon as I opened my mouth, I knew exactly where to go with what was happening in the room with the women. And I shared the things that I had practiced very deeply for a few years. Um, and it, it took off from there. I started getting invited more and more to teach in different parts of my own city. And then eventually it caught wind and I went overseas and then started to be invited in many different countries. And the reason for that, I think, is that women were really hungry to have something that addressed both their emotions and the way they perceive the world as well as their physical body at the same time. And something that they could do at home and something that actually produced results. So I think that's why it took off so quickly. And then something interesting happened. Do you remember the 2008 crash? Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, for me, it had the opposite effect. I think as people were staying at home, so suddenly my business quadrupled uh, purely because um, I put out an online product, just more as a support to the women who were doing my live events. But suddenly that online product just took off because people were staying at home. They didn't want to travel. They didn't want to spend that much, but they still wanted solutions for their problems. So that's kind of started me on an online platform. So for the last 10 years, I've just dedicated myself to how do I reach more people? How do I make it more effective? And how do I really listen instead of having my own agenda? So everything I have created is because my community has come forward and said, hey, we need this. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> so probably it sounds like a fairly easy journey, but there were a lot of bumps, a lot of learning curves. I think the thing that made it most amazing was to open up to help, to having people support me, to uh, being willing to let go of complete control of my business and allow team members to come in. And, and so we have this really powerful all-woman team, And I don't know where I'd be without them. They're incredible women. 
So what you're speaking to right now um, is, whew, it's really important and pivotal right now in everything that's going on in the world and in this society. And um, I personally believe that we're, we're at a really tense time right now where it's difficult to navigate both men and women. Um, a little bit of fear, you know, how do we work together? How do we push uh, past some of the things that are um, disempowering us, right? So even though the topic of conversation is meant to be empowering, in some ways it's it's doing the opposite effect. So I I would love to kind of dive into a little bit about, you know, how do we own our power as a woman? How do we how do we navigate through the the rough waters right now and, and make sure that we're getting the support that we need and make sure that we can truly step into our power at a thousand percent? I love this question. Thank you so much for asking this question. I'm so passionate about this. So the core of the work is around our sovereignty, but what does that actually mean, right? So the use of the word power is a great uh, bridge to that. So our power, our ability to act in the world, personal power, where we're actually feeling comfortable in our own bodies, we feel comfortable in knowing what we want and being able to articulate it. These things aren't uh, part of, say, our collective training. Especially for women, we tend to be socialized from a fairly young age to be to be nice, to um, to be agreeable, to. Um, make sure everybody else is happy and that people of authority like doctors and other experts, they have the knowledge, but we don't. So we need to look to them. And I think right now there's a massive paradigm shift. Part of what I see with the breakdown of leadership is because the individual is now being invited to step up their own personal leadership in their life. And how do we do that? This is really hard to do if we've always looked externally for validation, for um, direction, for all of that. So the first place that I tend to start with people is, are you in your own body? Do you actually occupy your sovereign space? This is number one. And especially with the, the issues around body space and sovereignty and sexuality, this is even more important than ever that we fully occupy this space. But if we've been hurt, if we've had, um, say, a trauma in the past, it's really hard to comfortably stand in our body because there's been a lot of pain there and now we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust what's going on around us. So the first step for that is is actually just a choice. I always invite people to, to sit back and go, wow, okay, These moments happened in my life, these very difficult moments, but they're not the sum of who I am, and they're certainly not the culmination of my entire identity. So I think that's really important right now, is how are we defining ourselves? Are we choosing to define ourselves as powerful, or are we choosing to define ourselves as victims of something this is a really big conversation that we need to, to have because we make a lot of assumptions. You know, it's sort of assumptive in our society that we, if anyone has an experience, we should treat them like a victim of that experience. But to me, in the work that I do, what I've seen when we do that, we're actually stripping away a person's dignity. And we're actually uh, anchoring even more deeply that there's not much we could do here with their situation. And I prefer the lens 
that we're all powerful and we're all capable and that our bodies are profoundly intelligent. And when we choose to move in the direction of integration, to express ourselves, to like just even feel sensual, that's a big thing right now, right? Instead of numb or shut down or stressed, (laughs) how do we just enjoy a breath? So these are the pieces that we need to remember. We have a human body and it is sensual. And if we can stand it and be in it, we actually create more safety for ourselves. And we actually have a lot more authority about the direction we want to go in because our body speaks to us in very clear messages. So how do we, um, so everything that you just said is very important, but I, I would like to ask, you know, there's always a fine line or finding that balance between stepping into our power and then this idea of like the victim mindset. But, you know, that's a tough, you know, a touchy subject, as you were saying, because sometimes women and men, they do go through things where they need to be able to express it or um, get, go through the process. And I think that so many people are afraid of being called a a victim or being looked at as a victim that they don't process at all, that they, 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 um, they don't have the conversation. They try to, they feel shame about having the conversation because they don't want to be labeled the victim. Where do we find that balance where we can really say, actually you were victimized and let's talk about it so that we can create solutions and move past it and help you heal and then the opposite extreme of well i'm not going to talk about it or or bring it up because i don't want people to judge me or call me a victim or look down on me where is that balance which can be really really tricky and hard absolutely and so i think the first thing we need to acknowledge as a collective is that no one escapes being victimized. It is part of the human experience. I mean, it could be as simple as someone, you know, running into the back of your car while you're driving. These are not planned events. They feel horrible in our body. Um, It creates a, uh, there is a sense of trauma that can happen emotionally, psychologically, and physically with these moments. And it does happen to everyone across the board. So if we could normalize that and understand, wow, life sometimes shows us a curveball that's actually quite painful. And there's nothing we could have done to stop that from happening. So that's a victimized um, victimization experience. And everyone has it. And I want to normalize it so that, yes, we can talk about it. Now, this is the cool part. Even though we all have this as a common ground as humanity, there is a place of choice. So we can talk about the victimized experience, the victimization, whatever it might be, whether someone, you know, took money from you or there's a you know, bad outcome with a divorce or, you know, just these random things or a physical assault, like these things, you know, you don't, they're not planned for and know that that's a common ground we all stand on and it is a choice whether we call ourselves a victim of that experience or not. And so this, this is really important. And I want to talk about my personal experience because having had gone through a violent rape and facing my death in that experience and then having to really claim my life and, and be able to trust myself, that wasn't an easy experience. But what helped me through that is I never once identified as a victim of rape. I knew that I'd had that experience 
And I also knew that I needed to uh, look for resources to support me to heal and to speak about the experience and to, you know, whatever I needed to do. There was a lot of physical things that needed to be addressed. But I think the fact that I never adopted the label of victim intentionally, it was like it just didn't occur to me, actually, until many years later when someone said, hey, you know, you're a victim of rape. I'm like, I am? Huh, interesting. Mm. So this is very important in the collective, and I do create a separation between the two. Victimization will happen. It's inevitable. We will all experience it. It's awful and horrible. How do we reorient after that? We absolutely do need to talk about it and feel safe and then find ways where we can integrate the experience so we feel uh, wiser, more powerful, more clear about how we go about creating our lives. Mm. But the choice to label ourselves a victim is where the problem arises because if we take that on, we then make it part of our identity. And when we identify with victimhood, now what we're doing essentially is saying we're powerless to do anything about this. Mm. And so that's a big difference, right? Can you can you feel the difference? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, it's a process, you know, and, and I think that um, one of the main things to note here is that it does take time and it's not something that will happen overnight. And that's the beautiful part of it is, you know, being able to jo- enjoy the process just as much as the destination. Yeah. And sometimes, to be honest, healing from these sorts of things, are, it's not enjoyable. There can be a lot of pain. But I want to reassure everyone that the, the, the thousands and thousands and thousands of women that I've worked with, the reclamation journey is so worth it because what starts to happen when your body finally reintegrates and your mind finally opens and your heart trusts again is that you do get enjoyment out of life again. And that's important because for some people, it feels like there will never be that again. Mm. And I, I, I want to say sometimes the journey isn't that nice. Sometimes we have to face our own monsters and we have to face the hard truth. Or sometimes we're going to a physical. I went through a lot of physical pain and healing. But eventually, I became so vibrant and alive. So the, it's worthy. All I'm saying is that the journey is worthy. It's not always pleasant, but it's definitely worth um, the reclamation. Saida, thank you so much for joining us today and, and helping us start this conversation. I, I would love to jump into the power section of the interview and ask if you could recommend one book that's made an impact on your life that you believe would be useful to us in the audience. Absolutely. Um, pretty much anything that Brené Brown writes, but her one book that stands out right now is um, Raving the Wilderness, I think it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the wilderness isn't what's out there. The wilderness is your own nature. You know, it's these these wild feelings and these scary places in our own self. And she has just a beautiful way of inviting us into having a direct relationship with our own wilderness and feeling at home there. And what's one value that you constantly stick by throughout your journey? Something that's a non-negotiable. Uh, what's very important to me is to regard people as powerful and that they're not broken so we don't need to fix them and this is absolutely non-negotiable across the board so whomever I meet I'm always leaning in and finding that common ground where we can celebrate their own intelligence their own genius and their own capacities 
And here at Rise Up For You, we always like to ask if you can leave the world with one final message. We call it the golden nugget. What would your final message be? Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's fantastic. For me, it would be at this time, because desire is so important, that it is an absolute, it's the desire, the deep, deep yearning we feel in our heart, that place where we're feeling that ache in our heart, it's an important and viable thing to listen to because if you imagine that your own essence, some people call it soul, has a purpose, this is the way it speaks to us. It speaks through our yearning. And uh, to, to, to be daring enough to lean into what we desire I believe is something that's a game changer for people. Absolutely. And lastly, as you know, we're rise up for you. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase initially rise up for you? A couple things come to mind. I absolutely love those four words. One is to really step into my sovereignty that we all get to do that. We all get to rise for ourselves and and claim that solid sovereign ground. And it also, the way it's worded, it feels like I'm also rising up for others. Like I'm taking a stand for others. And I I absolutely love that uh, about this phrase, rise up for you. So thank you for asking. Thank you again so much for joining us, Saida, and having this conversation with us. It's an important one. You know, again, we're in a very um, interesting time in society when it comes to to women and and men and just the conversation collectively. How do we stay connected with you? How do we support you? I know that you you have a book, and please share all the information so that we can uh, stay in contact and support you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very honored. So uh, definitely get the book because in that book is tiny. It's like a little pocket book. So it's very cute. It's in a purse, it's in a pocket, but it has some big ideas. And those ideas I think are really crucial right now as we look to the structures that are falling apart and going, what's next? And so it offers hope and possibility in in a really unique way. And the way to find it is desirethebook.com, desirethebook.com. And if you love the book, we have a free book club with tons, like four and a half hours of additional video content that people can enjoy. We have some free meditation audios that they can download and we have an interactive forum. So it's just a fantastic way to explore the the book. And we have a free playbook. So that means as you're reading it, you can actually really personalize it and take, take the journey on a very personal level. Saida, thank you again so much for joining us today. It really has been an honor to speak with you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow. Tomorrow.